your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 671 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we've got Ranger training camp underway. It just feels awesome to be able to say that out loud. I know you guys are really excited as well as we... You know, gear up for the start of the preseason and ultimately the regular season as well. Uh, today, I figure, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the training camp. We're also going to talk about early line combinations, which is always a popular subject to debate among Ranger fans, really among uh, hockey fans in general. But I think us Ranger fans tend to uh, really kind of hone in on those line combos. And, you know, everybody's got their uh, their preferred combinations. And why is this guy here? And maybe this guy should be there. So we're going to talk about all that. And uh, we'll start there, and like I said, we'll work our way to the training camp, which also included a scrimmage today. And uh, just for frame of reference, today is Thursday as I'm recording this. So, line combinations. The Rangers went with an interesting top nine. You had Mika centering the top line, Kreider on the left wing, and Sammy Blay on the right wing. Uh, Gallant reviewed the, or excuse me, he revealed this to uh, you know the media and. Naturally, uh, a lot of us have opinions on it. You know, all these different line combinations. The second line combo was Vincent Trocek centering Panarin on the left wing, Vitaly Krausov on the right wing. And then the third line, he decided to, at least for the time being, keep the kids together. You got Philip Hedl at center, Alexi Lafreniere on the left wing, Capo Caco on the right wing. So a lot to uh, kind of unpack here. For starters, I'm going to take you guys back just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, really, it's, it's been going on over the past several weeks. Uh, we did our best and worst case scenarios for, you know, every single player on the team, and that series is now wrapped up. But I had a top six that I threw out there that I really liked. Uh, I had Mika centering Kreider and Lafreniere. Lafreniere would play the right wing. For the second line, I had Trocek centering Panarin on the left wing and uh, Kako on the right wing. And the reason for this, I mean, there's a few reasons, but first and foremost— you know, the Rangers, when you look at the team they were at the end of last season, at the end of the playoff run, and you compare it to now, they actually lost three out of their top four, or three out of their top six forwards uh, to free agency. And so now you have to replace them. And for me, you know, given what Capo Caco showed in the playoffs, I, I know he had that healthy scratch in, against Tampa Bay, but I thought overall uh, he did all right for himself and that kid line played well. Given what Alexi Lafreniere did in the playoffs and given the fact that you know, Kako, number two former overall pick. Alexi Lafreniere, number one overall pick. Kako is going into year four, if you can believe that. Alexi Lafreniere is going into year three. It was time to roll with the kids. It was time to throw them into a bigger uh, role for this team and basically say sink or swim. You know, it's your job to lose. Obviously, the Rangers can always make adjustments if they need to. But to me, the Rangers' best chances of catching lightning in a bottle this season as far as filling out the top six is concerned and replacing the Stroms and the Cops and the Vetranos was you put uh, Lafreniere and you put Kako into the top six. And then, of course, Vincent Trocek's going to be there as well. Uh, he came over, obviously, as a free agent in the offseason. The Rangers do not go 
that road, and I'm not really agreeing with it, basically for all the reasons that I just said there. But to build on that, you know, I gave you the reasons why I, I would like to see Lafreniere and Kako in the top six. Uh, to kind of look at the two players that are there instead of them, uh, you got Blay and Krasov. With Sammy Blay, he's going to be on the top line. Sammy Blay has a grand total of 39 points in 133 games. And I realize points are not everything. You know, Sammy Blay brings some physicality. I mean, he tends to really rack up a lot of hits. He did so in the 14 games that he played for the Rangers this past season. And maybe there is some upside. I think he's got like a sneaky underrated shot. But bottom line, this guy has never been known as a scoring juggernaut. And you would like guys with scoring prowess in your top six for the most part. Um, And, you know, you look at Sammy Blay. Just the total package, his whole career, he's never played more than 40 games in an NHL regular season, Uh, 14 games with the Rangers this past year, small sample size, but he had zero goals and four assists, and then that was also despite the fact that he played with Mika and Kreider for the final three games of the season. Again, it's just three games, and it's interesting that, you know, he got that opportunity. I had actually kind of forgotten that Blay uh, played with Mika and Kreider toward the tail end of uh, his season there. But, uh, yeah, he was there with them for a little while. Uh, We'll see how that goes. And then, you know, for the second line, we've got Kraftsoff with Panarin and Trotrek, and I'm not the biggest fan of this either. I think there's a certain amount of fans who... Fans are kind of split on this. You know, there's people that are some serious Vitaly Krasov truthers, and they think that this is going to be a good fit, and you can take advantage of his ability by putting him with Artemi Panarin and, to a lesser extent, Vincent Trocek as well. But then there's also some fans that I think kind of see this the way that I do, and that's that, you know, we're kind of just, or the Rangers are kind of just handing this to Vitaly Krasov. And this is the guy, and again, the Rangers themselves are not blameless, but this is the guy who essentially quit on the team last year. He was sent down to the minors to begin the season, threw a fit, ends up going back, you know, across seas to play in the KHL, and we didn't see him again for the rest of the season. Now, it appears that the relationship is somewhat improved. I mean, obviously, he's back here and he's getting a chance. I mean, obviously, he's getting a chance. They've, they've got him penciled in for the top six here, but there's just something about you know, going with Sammy Blay, who, again, has never played more than 40 games, is not exactly a, a scoring juggernaut. You know, he's a good guy. I don't think, you know, there's there's any character issues there. And then also going with Vitaly Kravtsov, who there are at least some character issues. You're going with those two players instead of Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, the guys that you took number one and number two overall in drafts and who seem to have a heck of a lot more upside than either... Uh, I mean, Kravtsov could still be a good player, but you get what I'm saying here. You know, Kako and Lafreniere, they were down in the trenches. They were here with this team this past season, and I think that they've earned the right to, you know, have the opportunity to take on a bigger role. The one thing that I do want to mention with Alexi Lafreniere is that, you know, I'm sure the thing that might give the Rangers some pause and maybe even gives uh, some of the listeners some pause here is that Alexi Lafreniere, if he was to be on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, it would mean he would have to move from left wing to right wing. I don't think you're going to move Kreider based off the season that he just had. You know, somebody scores 52 goals. I don't think you change their position going into the following season. But we saw Lafreniere play with them for a stretch of about, I don't know, like seven or eight games this past year. And then they made a switch where Lafreniere dropped down to the third line and Vetrano took his spot on the top line. But, you know, Lafreniere, that was one of his best stretches that we've seen him play as a member of this team. And I think it was because he was taking advantage of the fact that he was out there with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, two pretty darn good hockey players, and it didn't really matter that he was on the right wing. So that kind of alleviated my concerns as far as Lafreniere playing on the right wing. Uh, But instead, he'll start the season on the third line, or or so it would seem. I mean, 
things can change between now and opening night, but he's going to be on the left wing. And just to get back to uh, Vitaly Krasov for a second ago, uh, this is what Gallant had to say about the situation. He's made a big effort to come in here and work hard and do the things that we wanted for our team. I talked to him a little bit about a month ago, and I just basically said to him, there's an opportunity here. We want you to be a good player on our team, but you've got to take it. We're not going to give you nothing. You've seen how our team played last year. That's what we expect from every player. The reports I got from everybody around here have been real positive. You know, he talks about not just giving him the opportunity. He's kind of just giving him the opportunity here. Like I said, I, I just would have liked to have seen Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco uh, get those the first crack at the top six rules. Uh, seems like that's not going to be the case, but obviously everything is very much subject to change. There is some good news coming out of this, and that is that we get some more kid line. You know, you guys watched the playoffs last year just like I did. You know how good that kid line was on certain nights, how well they clicked together, uh, how much time they spent in the offensive zone, how many scoring chances they created, how electric they were on certain nights. They were just ready to go. And I can live with, you know, the, the kid line staying together and Kako and Lafreniere not being in the top six if this line gets significant playing time. But I don't want to see a situation where, you know, we're, we're five, six, seven, eight games into the season and... Blay and Krasov are averaging, I don't know, 17 minutes a night, and Kako and Lafreniere are averaging like 12 minutes a night or less. That does not work for me at all. As long as Kako and Lafreniere, and I guess Heedle too, since they're going to be the kid line, as long as they're out there and they're getting their opportunities and they're getting rewarded for playing well, if they indeed are playing well, then I can at least live with this. I, I can see the logic from Galant. It's not what I would have done, but if he wants to see more of the kid line and he thinks that he's got something there, then so be it. I'm willing to, uh, you know, at least give it a chance. We'll, we'll see how the whole thing shakes out. Again, wouldn't have been my choice, but Glant knows quite a bit more about hockey than I do, and uh, obviously he did a lot of good things this past season, and uh, I guess he wants more kid line, and that's not the worst thing in the world, I suppose. Um, I think it's also important to keep in mind for all of us that nothing here is set in stone. Glant even hinted uh, that that was the case. You know, the line combinations on the first day of camp are not necessarily going to be exactly the same through the preseason, the regular season, and the playoffs, and all that. So I would say, you know, if you're not thrilled about these line combos, just hang tight. Let's give it a chance to see how it all shakes out. Again, it wasn't my top choice, but I'm willing to uh, at least see how the whole thing, um, you know, plays out for this team. Something else that I, I thought was kind of interesting that Glant talked about is the bottom defense pairing. And this is a situation we're going to be tracking throughout, uh, you know, the entire preseason and into the season. And we're going to talk about that uh, in just a second. We're also going to get into some injury updates on Sammy Blay and Barclay Goodrow and also some highlights uh, from the scrimmage that happened uh, just a little bit earlier today here. And we will do all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 
All right, so like I said, we're going to go ahead and get to uh, notes from the scrimmage in just a second here. Want to uh, call some attention to the position battle for the uh, sixth and final defenseman spot. That's kind of, you know, we're almost in a similar situation to where we were uh, last year in training camp where it looks like the top five defenseman spots are settled and uh, you're just looking at, you know, a battle for one open spot. Gerard Gallant basically confirmed as much. You know, with Braden Schneider, I didn't want to say 100% that he would be out there on opening night. I just had the feeling, you know, this coaching staff, and not just this coaching staff, there's a lot of coaching staffs that would do things this way, but they would say like, well, you know, he's got to go out there and earn it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know, uh, just typical coach talk, um, but you know, I, I, the smart money was always on Braden Schneider certainly being out there on opening night. I thought he certainly played well enough down the stretch this past season. I thought he did a nice job in the playoffs as well, especially considering, you know, he's 20 years old making his first uh, Stanley Cup playoff appearance. So Schneider was always pretty close to being a lock, and Gallant basically confirmed as much that, yes, he will be out there. And so basically, uh, you're down to uh, just one spot, and this is what Gallant had to say about it uh, regarding the bottom D pairing. I don't know. Training camp will decide that. Schneider is going to be there. You know that. The top five is there. And then there's a fight for that spot. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously, these are these are big moments for, you know, both Zach Jones as well as Matthew Robertson and anybody else who might be, uh, you know, gunning for that sixth and final spot. I guess we got to throw Libor Hayek in there because it sounds like, uh, you know, he's played a pretty prominent role thus far. I mean, it's early in training camp here, obviously. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how the whole thing shakes out there. As far as, I uh, did want to do some injury updates as well before we turn our attention to the scrimmage itself. Uh, Gerard Gallant mentioned that they're going to take things very slow with Barclay Goodrow. They're basically just going to exercise caution, and, you know, that's probably the best way to go. I mean, obviously, he broke his ankle during the playoffs in this last run, so he's going to practice, but he's not going to participate in the scrimmages, uh, at least in the first few days here. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he misses a, a little bit of the preseason as well. You know, Goodrow, he's not some rookie who's fighting for a roster spot. He's a veteran. Uh, he knows what he's doing, and the Rangers have four preseason games in just five days beginning on Monday. All four of those games start at seven o'clock. You know, for anybody who might be wondering, you've got Monday home against the Islanders, Tuesday in Boston, Thursday home against the Devils, and Friday away against the Devils. Uh, but as far as Sammy Blay is concerned, you know, obviously he's somebody that tore his ACL. We don't even have to get into the details. I'm just tired of uh, even talking about that, frankly. But he was taking on dirty play. We all know what happened. And he missed the entire season this past year. Was given, I believe it was a six to eight month timetable. And, you know, in my mind, I kind of kept open the possibility and the idea that, you know, the Rangers, if they get into the playoffs and they go on a little bit of a run, it's possible that, you know, six months could be up and maybe Sammy Blay could even get back out there. And, you know, during the Rangers postseason run, you start to hear his name a little bit more often and, you know, you would see him in a non-contact jersey at, at practice. He His name was back in circulation, so to speak. But obviously, he never got back out there. Would have been interesting to see if he would have eventually been able to suit up had the Rangers made it to the Stanley Cup final. Would have been a heck of a story. Would have been a heck of a story if he got back in there against Tampa Bay. Just was not meant to be. Uh, but as far as, you know, this season is concerned with Sammy Blay, you know, the Rangers have talked about how they want to you know, gradually ease Barclay Goodrow back in, but there's not going to be any restrictions on Sammy Blay. He had the ACL surgery, and this is what Gallant had to say about Blay. Sammy is 100%. We got good news on him about a month ago. Everything is good. He looks lean. He's skated. He's worked out. He's tired of doing that, and he's ready to play hockey. 
And, yeah, you know, from our perspective, it's like, oh, man, can Sammy Blay come back? And what can he bring to the table? And would he be in the lineup, you know, in, in that the middle of that Stanley Cup playoff run? Would he crack the lineup? What line would he be with? You know, just for Sammy Blay himself, though, the individual, it, it's easy to forget as a fan sometimes that, yeah, you know, he's got to go through all this rehab and all this stuff, and he can't be out there. That, that's got to be tough. And, obviously, you know, he's done a lot of skating and done a lot of working out, and I'm sure he's ready uh, to hit the ground running this season. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what Sammy Blay could do. Like I said, he would not be my choice to be the top line right winger, but if that's how they start, let's all give him a chance. I'm, I'm willing, like I said, to at least give the whole thing a chance. And either way, you know, Sammy plays a, a tough physical forward, sets a, a tone for this team, and I think he'll continue to do that. You don't get a nickname like Sammy the Bull if you're not somebody that's out there playing physical hockey. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. It's good news, obviously, that uh, he's no longer restricted as far as uh, you know the injury that he sustained this past season. In just a second, we are going to turn our attention to the Rangers scrimmage. I'm just going to kind of go through some highlights here, and, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. I mean, obviously, I'm not at this practice. I'm not really able to watch this scrimmage. It'd be great if the Rangers would stream these scrimmages, stream these practices, but they don't, so we can't watch them live. I don't really know what else to say about it, but I'm going to do the best I can to piece it together from, you know, videos that, you know, various reporters posts on Twitter, as well as, you know, quotes from players and just uh, reporters talking about certain highlights that happen in the game. We're going to do our best with it and, uh, you know, just kind of share my opinion on certain things that are that were happening at the scrimmage uh, a little bit earlier here today on Thursday, and we will do all of that in just a second. All right, so let's turn our attention to this Ranger scrimmage here on Thursday morning. At first, I should probably uh, explain how this whole thing is going to work for the Rangers over the next three days of training camp. So basically, the Rangers have been broken up into three groups or three teams, whatever you want to call it. You got Group A, Group B, and Group C. And for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, what's going to happen on all three of those days is two of these groups will scrimmage each other. And then the third group will practice after that, and it's going to rotate. So today was Group A against Group B, and then Group C had its own practice by itself. Tomorrow will be different. Maybe you get Group A against Group C, and then you know Group B practice. It doesn't really matter what order, but you get the idea. Uh, it sounds like every group will have two scrimmages and one you know isolated practice. Uh, this is what Gallant had to say about that whole setup. After three days, once the exhibition games start, you're going to see different people at different spots. So there you have it. I mean, anybody that's, you know, a little bit too worked up about the line combinations, just let it play out and let's see how everything goes. We've got training camp still ahead of us and six preseason games ahead of us. And then uh, we'll see how everything goes in the regular season. As far as some highlights from uh, the scrimmage, though, Group A against Group B, uh, you had Panarin nearly setting up Vitaly Kravtsov for a goal. So for anybody that's into the idea of Kravtsov playing with Panarin and Trocek, I suppose... Uh, you get a point for that, you know. Um, Panarin, it sounds like, nice cross-ice pass for Kravtsov, and Kravtsov went for the tip-in, sent it just wide. Uh, Brandon Othman actually scored the first goal of camp, which is very, very interesting to me. He's somebody I'm going to be watching very closely, you know, throughout um, pretty much everything that happens over the next couple days and weeks here because Brandon Othman, uh, like we talked about, he lit up the OHL last season, just put a video game-like numbers with the Flint Firebirds, and there's not really a whole lot left for him to do, but it's either... OHL or NHL. There's no AHL for Brandon Offman. So he's going to need a big-time camp and a big-time preseason showing if he's going to have any chance of cracking the Rangers' opening night roster. We'll see how it goes. He 
he's got a chance. You know, the Rangers have shown if, if you show that you're ready, uh, they will take that leap of faith and they'll give you a little bit of trial by fire. So I'm very, very curious to see how everything shakes out with Brian Hoffman. And look, everything he does, if he wants to make this Ranger team, which I'm sure he does, everything he does between now and opening night when the roster is finalized going to be absolutely huge. Uh, it's going to either make his case or hurt his case of being out there because it is going to be a little bit of an uphill climb, I would think, for Brian Hoffman to crack that opening night roster. Julian Gauthier scored the second goal of camp, which, I mean, we all knew this was going to happen, right? Brandon Hoffman, Julian Gauthier, first two goals of the uh, training camp session here. Uh, Gauthier, look, it's he kind of seems like he's the odd man out. I still wouldn't be completely shocked if he's, if he's traded before uh, the season starts, but, you know, we are getting pretty close at this point. Maybe he's in a situation where he can battle for a spot on the fourth line, although I, I don't really see Gauthier as a fourth liner. Maybe there's a situation where you know, he's the healthy scratch, uh, the 13th forward, if you will, for this Ranger team, which I suppose would be okay. But with Gautier, you know, I'm just at the point where I'm just ready and willing to to give somebody else a chance. Obviously, it's not my decision to make, but I don't know, man. He, he's had opportunities over these past few seasons, this most recent one, more so than ever. Just hasn't been able to take advantage, so I'm kind of at the point where I'm just looking to give somebody else a chance. Um, something else that happened that's noteworthy is Matthew Robertson with a pass along the boards to his right to Artemi Panarin in deep. Uh, Panarin's, you know, pretty close to the doorstep there. He had all day and then uh, wristed it off the near post. And uh, there was actually a video of that on on uh, Twitter. And, uh, you know, again, Robertson's another one of those guys. You got to keep an eye on him. Everything he does could be under a microscope because it's him and Zach Jones. Hopefully, it's either him or Zach Jones. I'm trying to speak this into existence. Hopefully, it's either Matthew Robertson or Zach Jones as the sixth defenseman on opening night. I don't want Libor Hayek out there. I certainly don't want Jared Tenorti out there. And uh, the new guy, Barkowski, the, the guy on the PTO, yeah, I don't want him out there either. So, But yeah, give me Robertson or Jones, and I'm just hoping for a big training game for both of them, and I hope one of them uh, you know, eventually seizes uh, that sixth and final spot. We also had uh, Adam Sask Sakura scored a goal on a tip-in in front of Igor Shosturkin, and we got to talk about this. There were too, too many collisions with Igor Shosturkin during this training camp session here today. Uh, Sakura, it sounds like, and I think this was after uh, he had scored the goal, he made contact with Igor Shosturkin, and the whole bench kind of got on him, and there was like a big hay, and uh, apparently Sakura tapped himself on the chest, kind of signaling, yo, that's my bad, you know, apologizing for it, which is good. Um, but, you know, you don't want to see Igor Shosturkin getting, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like he bowled him over. I haven't seen a video of this play with Sakura and Igor, but you don't really want to see Igor Shosturkin absorbing really any contact from any of his teammates uh, during the first scrimmage of training camp. Not ideal. And then just after this, it sounds like, uh, you know, he got crashed into uh, Brodzinski and Tenorti were kind of, I guess, engaged. And, uh, you know, they, they collided with Igor Shosturkin and Igor went down, came up limping a little bit. Uh, apparently, Igor slammed his stick on the glass, was frustrated, and, uh, you know, was, was checked out by the trainers briefly, but, um, you know, he stayed in to finish the scrimmage, or at least his portion of the scrimmage, so that's obviously good to hear. You know that if there was any reason for concern whatsoever, and in fact, Gallant, just a second ago, I'm seeing on Twitter, confirmed that Igor is completely fine. You know, though, if there was any concern about him being hurt, they would have taken him off the ice in about two seconds, so the fact that he stayed out there should um, alleviate the concerns of Ranger fans. But this can't be happening, man. Johnny Brodzinski and Jared Tenori. Look, they're both facing a, a major uphill battle to make this team. They got to try something, and I'm sure they're competing hard against each other out there. But you cannot have Igor Shosturkin getting knocked to the ice by his own guys on the first day of scrimmaging each other. 
that's just no good. I, I don't think I need to explain why. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Uh, Igor Shesterkin finished his first half of the scrimmage. Uh, Yaroslav Halak was in the other goal, and then they were replaced in the second half, respectively, by Dylan Garand and Oscar Lindbaum. So that was the plan all along. It wasn't because Igor Shesterkin was hurt and they had to get him off the ice. So again, everybody should rest easy. Again, Gerard Gallant confirmed as much after the practice. As far as some other notes, uh, they had Panarin, Trocek, and Kravtsov. They were matched up against Kreider, Zibanejad, and Blay for a good chunk of the scrimmage. And it sounds like, for the most part, uh, Panarin, Trocek, and Kravtsov had the advantage. They spent more time in the offensive zone, more sustained uh, you know, pressure than the uh, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Blay line. It's always kind of interesting talking about this during training camp because you like to hear that you know certain Rangers are doing well. But a lot of times, if certain Rangers are doing well, if there's a line that's excelling, it's oftentimes at the expense of a different line. So, yeah, it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a little bit of give and take, I suppose. If you're, you know, a big Kravtsov fan and you want to see him with Panarin and Trocek, then uh, this seems like a step in the right direction because it sounds like that line uh, more than held its own and, in fact, actually outplayed uh, Kreider, Mika, and Blay when those two lines were on the ice against each other. They also did a little bit of three-on-three action. Uh, You had Panarin, Trocek, and Truba against Kreider, Mika, and Fox. And when you read those names, it would seem like those are guys that would be pretty likely to be out there in overtime three-on-three periods. Truba, three-on-three, you know, I like Truba, but his lack of speed makes me a little nervous three-on-three overtime. I mean, he's a good enough defenseman that he can probably make up for it, but yeah, I mean, speed isn't everything, but I always like uh, three-on-three overtime. I want guys out there that are fast because there's just so much open ice, so much real estate, so much room to maneuver. And if you can't hit the Jets, you are gonna you might struggle to keep up at least a little bit. So true, but three-on-three overtime isn't ideal for me, but you know what? He's a good defenseman. He'll figure it out. Uh, something else that happened, uh, Dylan Garan with a really nice save on Mika Zibanejad. The scrimmage was tied at 3-3 three to three when he did that. And uh, this per our friend Vince Percogliano, he told the media members that the player that he was most looking to face at training camp, I'm talking about Dylan Garan here, was Mika Zibanejad. So he got to make a save on uh, the guy that he wanted to face. And that was pretty much it as far as the scrimmage is concerned, as far as, you know, the highlights and I suppose a couple of scary moments there with Igor Shesterkin. But Group C was on the ice and... You know, they had, uh, for Group C, they had a fourth line of Jimmy Vesey, Gustav Riedel, and Dryden Hunt. That was during the Group C uh, practice, but during the scrimmage, uh, they had Carpenter and Reeves as part of the scrimmage. And it sounds like, as far as the fourth line is concerned, because I didn't talk about the fourth line earlier, it sounds like roles are very, very much up for grabs. Now, if the Rangers stick with the top nine that I talked about earlier in today's episode, then certainly one of the spots on the fourth line will be filled by Barclay Goodrow. Which line spot will he take? We don't know because Goodrow plays left wing, he plays center, he plays right wing, he can do it all. So Goodrow would be one of the three guys on the fourth line, but everybody else I just mentioned there, again, VZ, Ridal, Hunt, Carpenter, Reeves, all those guys are in the mix and it sounds like, you know, the competition is on and playing time could be up for grabs there. You could even throw guys like Will Cooley and Brian Offman into the mix there as well. You know, maybe one of them makes the team. We'll see. But I love it. I love the fact that, you know, they're preaching competition, and uh, if you want to spot in that fourth line, you got to go out and make it happen uh, throughout training camp here, and I assume also into the uh, preseason as well. Something else of note is that during Group C's uh, practice here, you had Braden Schneider paired with Libor Hayek. Let's all just take a second here. 
Yeah. So, again, I'm not thrilled with the idea of Libor Hayek opening the season with Braden Schneider on that third pairing. Again, I cannot stress this enough. I want either Zach Jones or Matthew Robertson. And I probably shouldn't read too much into this, but you hear that and it's just like, God, does that mean that Libor Hayek has the inside track? You know, it's possible. It's also possible that I'm, I'm really jumping into conclusions there. And, you know, like Gallant was saying, it sounds like they're going to mix it up a little bit, you know, going forward throughout the camp, throughout the preseason. But wouldn't have been my pick, Libor Hayek, to start the uh, the training camp here with Braden Schneider. It sounds like also Zach Jones was paired with Andy Walensky. So I would like to see, again, either Jones or Robertson out there with Schneider, start building that chemistry. Robertson and Schneider already have chemistry, it sounds like, from their time with the Hartford Wolfpack. They were the top pairing there. So, yep, I mean, I suppose the competition is on, but uh, I could have done without Libor Hayek playing with Braden Schneider in the, in the first training camp area. It's, it's not the end of the world. Like we said, there's plenty of time to go between now and the regular season, but yeah, not my top choice, that is for sure. But I figure we can pretty much call it there for today. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely make sure to subscribe to Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked on New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about whatever happens in the training camp and the scrimmages and all that good stuff. And we're also going to take a look ahead to Monday's preseason opener against the New York Islanders. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.